I, I don't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. Guest at Pressure Points with your two favorite hosts. I'm D, and this is my Heaven's Gate representative, AJ. We're coming out of you with Season 5, Episode 12, Cargo Cults. I might be talking about a World War II time period, but not as much as AJ usually does, so it's okay. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points O Pressure. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. I love, I've yeah. talked about it before. I love that intro. <laughs> I know, I know you do. And, uh, and I'm glad. That's a, I think that's the second time ever you've complimented me, and it was also because of that intro. Yeah, so thank you. it's true. I was talking to my family about it. No, my father brought it up and said, I love the, <laughs> the extra added voices on yeah. the intro. I okay. love that shit. So funny. I'm like, Good. yeah. Good stuff. So, how you been? How was oh. your week? Heard you got abused. Oh, yeah. I got cold cocked by an old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she, very confused. Had some, uh, you know, hydrocephaly, a little water on the brain. And Ooh. was very confused. And we had to be careful going in there in groups because they had recently, when I was there like a month ago, this is a clinical that I did. I was there a month ago for like my first clinical and they were fairly new there. And the in 20, like every second they were yelling and I could hear it through the closed door (laughs) out in the hallway. And every once in a while they would say something like, I'm going to kill myself. You must have been. They don't even know where they are. I don't think I was at that institution that day. It's weird. But yeah, they, they were completely confused and disoriented. Just has no, no idea what's going on. That's some Um, shit. And then, yeah, when I came back this time, I was helping roll her over. We were helping wipe her butt, and I, I was also giving her a oh, shot. Yeah. I didn't have to wipe the butt. I was giving the shot, thank goodness. <laughs> and, yeah, it was, just, it was even before I had the needle. Like, I was just helping roll while we were changing, helping change the, uh, you know, the diaper, the nappy. Oh, yeah. And she just goes, I'll do it myself. Bam! Oh. Bam! And starts <laughs> hitting <laughs> us. It's like... I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. Oh god. Like, I mean this isn't oh. like this isn't like a soft hand like No, no. This is are, a closed fist. This is a closed fist, but it's also Pointy. bony as yeah. shit cuz like there's no bony ass knuckles. There's no fat on that thing. Damn. Yeah, so that that How was How'd you fun. take it? Did you KO? Yeah, I, I passed out. I cracked the back of my head on the <laughs> on the concrete, and then I was there and really confused and for now the last I week. I have to change AJ's diaper. Yeah, no, it was just. But that's by choice. I was then in the position. Well, the the nurse across from me went, oh, <laughs> and and then grabbed the arm and held down that, and then I was like, I'm I'm good, and I I was on oh, arm control shit. from that point on. Hell yeah! So that was a lot of fun. There you go. Not bad. Otherwise, just lots of. Lots of meds, lots of non-compliant diabetics again. It's like, oh, you're going to lose your toes. But I can (laughs) see in your room that you have multiple, like, 24 can packs of Coke. You know, you can switch to Diet Coke. No, no. Yeah. Tastes like dog shit. Um, I also had, no, I love Diet Coke. You shut the fuck up. (laughs) I know. That's why I Um, said it. There was another one who I got to take the blood sugar on a couple times in the first clinical and in this one. And it was always like, two hundred and twenty-five was good for them. Damn. 
Um, and I went to check it, and they were they were passed out. It was post dialysis. They were just sleeping in their chair, listening to Andy Griffith at the lo- <laughs> loudest volume possible. Which is really the only way to watch the Andy Griffith it is. show and Bonanza. Uh, and so much mash. Because walking down the hall, you I hear feel, mash. I feel like the way that the audio is optimized in both of those shows optimized. is that it, it was, well, not optimized, but made or recorded, mm-hmm. was that they had shit technology. And so the gunshots are the loudest fucking, like, realistic gunshots you will ever hear in your life. No, it's the whistling. But the, uh, like, the conversation. It's like, so it's quiet. Like they're they like, have no concept it's of, so like, of levels. Yeah, of balancing. They're just like, okay, cool. Compression and balance. Put it all together. This is perfect. Oh god, it's they'll the get our worst. point across. So yeah, I I went check the blood sugar. I went, hey, uh, I'm gonna check your blood sugar. You know, doing my old bedside hey, yeah, manner. Me. I'm AJ. gonna check your blood hey, sugar, baby. I'm Don Knotts. I'm gonna check your blood sugar. Ready to get the impressions checked, baby? And they they didn't wake up. <laughs> oh. They're dead. And then I did the hand on the shoulder little jostle. I'm like, hey, I'm here to check your blood sugar. And they went, okay. Honey. And they woke up. And they, they brought the finger up. It's always the middle <laughs> finger, so they always just flip you off. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I look away for a second to grab an alcohol swab. By the time I went back, they're asleep, but their hand is still up. And I was fuck it. Okay. Poke. Oh, checked it. Yeah, their blood sugar was at 87. I just... <laughs> so that's why they were this, sleeping. This is why I don't I went and got them kids. something to... Like, I would so much rather just, like, get to that point and then die because I couldn't take care of myself and just die in my own home, wither away, leave a pool of fleshy mess in my bed, which I currently do already. Yeah, I was going to say it's different. But just never have to be someone Yeah, never never have someone like me go and check. No, and I, like, I know that... It is prolonging life and shit, but no thanks. Uh, my, I'd rather die. My girlfriend and I actually talked about uh, euthanasia. Oh, yeah. I did a, just, just a paper last, on that. Just this last week. Yeah, we were – I told her about that that movie or the documentary uh, How to Die in Oregon. Have you ever seen that? Nope. Oh, it's a good one. But I did my paper on Oregon death with dignity laws. And I'm sure you know <laughs> – So I know a little bit about that about stuff. it, yeah. It's, it's one of the saddest fucking – documentaries you'll watch it's oh, so then I probably won't tough. watch it it's good and really informative but yeah it's just like yo some people just want to die want to keep fucking dealing with all the the medical pain that that they have oh yeah no thanks it hurts to die yeah so i, I brought i don't want to ruin it for anybody but it hurts to die <laughs> i told her i was like listen i'm not having suicidal thoughts but the other day i was driving and i thought what if you and i both just got fucking lung cancer because we're going to it's, it's oh, just yeah. bound to happen she and i are gonna get lung cancer it's like we get lung cancer it's terrible we're old your parents are gone we don't talk to our siblings anymore because they're old as shit nobody remembers anybody it's like would it really be all that bad if we just drove out in the middle of nowhere and just blew our brains out together oh, no, I... I was like if it seems almost romantic in a way <laughs> So you joke, but growing up, that's what my mother would say. No, I mean, it's she was like, hey, realistic. you know, if we get old and really sick, like we just want to die together and we want to die on our terms. So if you, you know, if we're gone, we'll leave you a note. Yeah. And, and you know where where we'll be. And it's we'll just, be out in the desert. Like it's fucked up to think. Of, no, no, not at all. But no, no, no. no. I'm just saying like <laughs> if you don't have 
that background of like your mom saying that to you for me i'm like oh yeah that's kind of fucked up but it makes total sense in a from a medical background you need to have these things planned out and written down and notarized makes sense with a lawyer before it happens or they're going to you know well you know it depends like right now i i'm okay not having a do not resuscitate because i know my body can handle CPR probably you know it's a rough process but I'm still kind of I know young. my body can handle it probably yeah <laughs> it doesn't but sound you know, very certain well CPR doesn't really work that well <laughs> but you know in general I know that I could probably I'd probably come back but once I hit like my 60s no I'm gonna have a DNR because if I do come back those broken ribs are not going to heal by the time I die again <laughs> it's, it's wild dude it's crazy and it's just one of those things in my mind that I feel like the world kind of has to move on from the idea of like prolonging a life that they don't want to continue living, you know? Yeah, it's like it's, it's crazy. You, we've we've come so far in the medical world that now we've kind of hit the point that it's like okay, you can keep someone alive for a very fucking unfortunate length of time, mm-hmm. but should you because it's are they really Quote, living quote, living yeah. Kind of thing. yeah it's um, yeah i'm uh i'm definitely a supporter of death with dignity laws oh, yeah, like yeah i you know consent is something that's important if you didn't know that and you know what if someone doesn't consent to keep living then they should have the right to well and not and that's the thing that i feel like a lot of people don't understand about it and i know that this is so off topic from what this episode's about that's okay um but it's your weekly philosophical like, talk i feel like so many people look past the fact that like you have to get this approved by a doctor. It's not like I could just walk into a doctor and be like, hey, give me the pills. Give me the fucking drink, baby. And he'd just be like, oh, okay, cool. This guy's asking for it. Put me Sick. in the laser container. Yeah. <laughs> Put me in the Logan's Run laser. <laughs> yeah. Pod. Like, it's not how this is working. It's not like somebody just walks in and says, hey, don't want to live anymore. Doc it up and the doctor's like well due to this law i have to fucking kill you that's no, not no. the case there, there are places it's like it's it's very oh. it's a very extensive process and it, you on have top to go that, through like therapy and yeah counseling, and it's it, trash. on top of that it's not something that's like you even if you have debilitating sickness you still can't go in and say hey next week let's kill me yeah there is still like a three-month Oh yeah, there's like, a wait period. Wait period because Three more months of pain. Good luck. So on that documentary, there are people that change their minds halfway through. One lady's like, "I've I've beat cancer three times, and this is my fourth time getting it, and I'm Jesus. done. I'm sick of this." She's like, "I don't want to fight it anymore. They've said that it's terminal. I would rather just end it." And then, like two days before she's supposed to take the the happy drink of, you know, relief. It, like, she says, I don't think I want to do this. And they go, okay, cool. No problem. Yeah, and there's no issue. And she ended up beating cancer once again. Jesus Christ. But, yeah, it's just like, what the fuck? Like, it's crazy to to think about the fact that you can't make that decision. Yeah, not, like, pre, not completely. Pre-mortem, yeah. Fucking crazy. So, yeah, how was your week? Uh, Yeah, I mean. You watched w- some documentaries? No, nah, I watched that one years and years ah. ago. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an easy week. Nothing too wild. Yeah. You got a glowing fucking review at work. I did. Yeah. I was really fucking nervous that they were going to try to punch numbers down my throat at my new job. But, uh, 
apparently I'm just shitting on everybody else that started with me, and I had no idea. Hell yeah. So I pulled back a little bit. So Yeah, you your, don't want them to get boys, used to you overworking. Yeah, yeah, so your boy's been taking it easy. I made some bagels on Monday, made some bread on Wednesday, made some more bread on Wednesday that's going to be baked the day before this episode comes out. So not bad. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, I, that was a really weird way of saying tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Normally we record on Sunday. This is an early one. Yeah, this is an early one. D's got the Speaking early Speaking of which, today we're actually, uh, well, you got to tell them what you sent me earlier. Heaven's Gate. No, second. That That's next. I got one more thing. Yeah, what's that up? That is, this is your last chance to sign up for the giveaway. Oh, yeah. That's right. Until you have. April 1st. If today is Monday. That's the For you 28th? guys. You have one, two, three, four days. Sign up. Well, actually, three and a half days, depending on when you're listening to this, to sign up for the giveaway. Follow the link in our like bio our description you need to put some posts out on the tweeter i've been busy please (laughs) yeah i'll get something up um but yeah go on fucking just sign up for the giveaway i know that it we're not gonna you don't even have don't verify you don't even have to verify your email you don't have to don't worry about it just sign up 600 times i don't give a shit Please. Yeah, but just uh, sign up for the giveaway. Mostly because I just wanna... don't want my wife to win. Yeah, we, we want to keep, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, the main thing. We want to get rid of some of this cool shit that we've we've gotten. Hell yeah. Um. So yeah. Sign up. Then sign the or fuck else. up. April 1st is the cutoff date. If you don't sign up before April 1st. You're a scrub. Forget about it. So yeah, there's that. Okay, now now to the so, more important parts. Um, today's episode sponsored. Uh, kid, Heaven's Gate. Sponsored by Heaven's Gate. How many yeah. years ago was it? I sent. Uh, nineteen ninety five. I want to say. Let me check. Uh, drink date. <laughs> <laughs> drink date. Uh, March nineteen ninety seven. So twenty five years. Fifteen. What the fuck, fuck. What year is it? It's 22. 25 years 25 ago. 25 years. Happy anniversary. And mind you, we're recording this on uh, March 26th. Yeah, so I didn't think about that. Mm. <laughs> hey, that's fine. It's fine. It's actually uh, why I found the episode that I found. Because of Heaven's Gate? Yeah, because of what you text me. It reminded me of something I wanted to talk about. Hell yeah. So then I went back to the subject and was like, fucking nice. Okay, yeah. So, you know, happy anniversary, Heaven's Gate. Uh, you know, in everybody, I hope everybody's wearing their track suits, your Nikes and your Nikes and you have a nice cup of Kool-Aid yeah. for, to celebrate the holiday. <laughs> so if you don't know, Evans Gate is when they drink the, the cursed Kool-Aid in, uh, well, it's California, right? Yeah. It was, I, think so. I thought it was in multiple States. I don't remember. Um, it's been a minute. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it was, there they, was a couple places, all, but mostly California. They all fucking drank their special Kool-Aid and... And caught the comet yeah, onto God or whatever. Onto, onto Jesus. the next life. Um, yeah. So RIP anyone that didn't drink their Kool-Aid that day. <laughs> um, and, oh yeah. And I that came up because I was watching a YouTube video from Dan Bell where he goes to where the Waco, Texas siege happened. And just and videotapes what's left 
Oh, okay. And like, well, you know, he found like the the storm shelter that was gonna be in like the military plans, but the with the secret bus entrance and Jesus. all sorts of cool shit. It's and like crazy shit. Interesting cult day. Yeah. So, uh, I've actually got a cult that I'm sure a lot of people haven't really heard about, and I'm gonna kind of talk Tuguli about society. No, uh, damn it. Nope. So, um, we're gonna take a step back into like. The year 650. Um, I'm Holy going shit. to. This is the oldest PP oh, yeah, episode. We're, we're going to take a big old step back. I don't know back. if that's true. I think it is. Um, so, yeah, well, you would say that. <clears throat> yeah, I would. So, I'm going to butcher all of the names in this because no. they're all Japanese names. On this show? So, just just bear with me. So, Ofube no O. That was not right. Showed up in his little town in northern Japan with something moving in his hands and he walks forward and he said he's basically he's hyped like this dude is walking down the street and he's like i have something everyone meet me in the town square meet me they all kind of they're like what the fuck's going on and he gets up there and he's he holds it out and he says worshiping this being would bring long life and great fortune to all of those that pray and worship it and he's just got this little animal in his hand right so, uh, he called it uh, Tokoyo no Kami, which is God of the Everlasting World. Kami Kakushi. Um, and the local wizards and witches and just fucking weird ass people that- Mystics. Want, yeah, <laughs> mystics. Just kind of took it and ran with it and said, the rich will be- or, Sorry. The poor will become rich- um, the rich will the become old poor. will become young again if Cats you worship Cats and dogs this. living together. Yeah, right? They So they kind of say like, look, if you get rid of everything you have and dedicate everything you have to this this little thing. It's a sparrow. Then like great fortune is in your future. So people in this little town and mind you, this is a recollection of a like ancient text that was found in that was written in like 750 uh, that kind of recalled what, what was going on in this area at the time. And people were tossing out food. They were throwing out any valuables. Mind you, a lot of these people are, it's just an old ass tribe. So it's not like they really had much, um, but they're getting rid of everything they own. Right. To worship this thing. Yeah. And it's, he's just walking around, keeping it covered, and out. then it opens, yeah. and it's just his it's dick. Just his dick. Um, and they ended up creating a shrine for it, um, and the town would go have, like, little song and dance ceremonies. Like, they would just throw all of their praise in the direction of this. And in the text itself, it says, the insect is usually bred on orange trees and is sometimes on the, ho- the hosoki. It is over four inches in length <laughs> and about as thick as a thumb. Okay, okay. That sounds it's, very familiar. It's of grass green color. Hope it doesn't sound familiar nah, anymore. Nah, it still does. Black spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in appearance, entirely resembles the silkworm. So, oh, so it's the silkworm? No. Oh. Uh, he had found like a basically a four inch long caterpillar, right? Okay. And this was... This was the birth of uh, Tokoyo no Kami, which is known as the cargo cult of the ca- caterpillar, right? Now, 
this caterpillar itself, there was a huge study that I read that was like, why the fuck did people decide to worship this? Like, this caterpillar is now indigenous to Japan. It's a regular thing that you can find in that area. But they went back and they realized that northern Japan at the time wasn't warm enough to, like, the climate wasn't warm enough to house these insects. Okay, so it was kind of new to them. Yeah. So what had happened is they were getting citrus imports to their area ah. from China. And this caterpillar is on, like, over an orange per se, right? Yeah, it's it's the old, you send a ship to a deserted island and now there's a rat infestation. Yeah. A European rat infestation. And mind you, the reason why they started believing that it's bred on orange trees is because this thing pops up, they worship it, whatever. And, I mean, it's not going to be the only one of its kind that's on these oranges that are being shipped across. They oh, don't yeah. have the fucking FDA looking over every crate of yeah, oranges coming across. So it starts popping up more regularly because as the climate kind of adjusts and now these caterpillars are in the area, it shows up. And obviously with a lot of Japanese ideologies or buddhist mm. I ideologies there's kind of this belief in like spirits right oh yeah a widespread even to this day oh yeah belief in spirits and the kami and so um, all sorts of fun stuff because this was the first time that uh ofube had ever seen anything like it he kind of thinks like this thing has come here it's a spirit yeah, like, this, this is, is a new this thing. is completely new. It's this fucking big ass worm that just crawls on me, and, and I, suddenly I, I start having the best I luck of my life. I feel fucking happy for I it. I have great luck. Yeah, get my dick sucked like three times <laughs> while holding while, while holding a caterpillar. Worm. And so they kind of see it as this spirit, and it was interchangeable uses that uh, in this text that they would use. Tokoya no Kami, which is God of ever of the everlasting world, and Tokoyo uh, no Mushi, very which good. is very good insect of the everlasting world. That's um, a very important distinction, don't yeah. you think? Yes, but at the same time, when you hear God it's of the yes everlasting and. world in our in American well, yeah. ideology, you think God, there's one thing, but. In theirs, no, yeah, they, they think they spirit. Had They're like, oh, it's Spirits, just a yeah. spirit, like spirit of the everlasting world, insect of the everlasting world, whatever, interchangeable, yeah. right? Yeah, they, they, you know, all the fox spirits, and never, if you hear a baby crying, don't go into the forest, yeah. or like a cat meowing, mom. So Tokoyo is, it's in Japanese, in ancient Japanese, I should say, it was generally meant it was from a faraway place, which was usually across the sea that was over to China or to Korea or anything like that uh, was where they were like, okay, this is from way further than I could ever travel on my own. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because the stories that this small northern Japanese tribal community went through are really fucking common throughout a lot of those Pacific islands, right? Okay. So, in the year sixteen or in the year six hundred, so fifty years before this even happened, uh, China and Korea were going through a lot of fucking wartime bullshit, um, and immigrants were fleeing the area because 
war. They'd just be sitting at home, and suddenly the whole village is being burned down, so they grab as much as they can, and they get out. And then the next town over is like, oh, shit, that's right next door. Fuck that. And they pack up all of their stuff beforehand and leave the country before anything can even happen to their town, right? Mm-hmm. And then, the, and then the rest of the people go in and strip the copper out of their walls. Easy, easy peasy. That's my goal for when, uh, yeah. when everything fails, so that I can be ready for when everything starts coming back up. Yeah. No, I'm already ready. <laughs> so, uh, they they start making big pushes into Japan, and they're arriving with personal belongings that. Northern Japanese, really a lot of a lot of people in Japan at the time just didn't know certain things existed. Because it's not like they're just all going to one place. They're moving across and they're just trying to get to a port yeah. across the way. Let's get to a and they safe set spot. up in the nearest city. So they're setting up in these little tribes that are like, what the fuck? And it's tossing all of these tribes up in like turmoil. Because you have this pecking order you have like the yeah. tribe chief but when somebody shows up and they've got shit that looks way more magical and and expensive than what the tribe chief can even like say exists you get some kind problems. of changes your it causes a little bit of political some discourse power dynamic yeah. changes oh yeah now uh the japanese imperial court had a lot of different sanctions with korea and china at the time and a lot of people would move across and they would say, oh, well, I'm so-and-so's, like, cousin. And so they'd kick him, they'd kick him up. They'd promote him in Japanese ranks. And some of them would marry into families. They'd come over from China and be like, oh, I'm a part of this royal family in China. And they'd say, okay, cool, we'll marry my daughter. Yeah, they do. do. And this. suddenly this family's royal and... The Japanese imperial court believed them because of the possessions they had, right? Mm-hmm. So this is effectively eliminating certain ideologies. Uh, what would happen is, a, I guess a good good instance is the Soga clan. So the Soga clan comes aclo- across and they are diehard Buddhist. They say, this is, this is like, there's no other way to worship. We're only doing Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Anything else, get the Go fuck, fuck out. Go fuck yourself. And this kind of led to like little battles between the Soga clan and certain tribes. But the Soga clan is just shitting on these other tribes because... Technology, maybe? Yeah, they, they have so much more than these these small tribes that just have tribal fucking weapons and spears and just handmade shit. So they kind of start pushing their Buddhist beliefs on anyone else. And, wow. Oh, I know, right? What is this, Utah? <laughs> God, really, though. So what would happen is these weird little religions would just kind of pop up somewhere else where they were trying to get away from Buddhism and still worship the way they wanted to worship, but they have to go so far out of their way and it introduces it to a new ideology okay. and that kind of mixes it and creates something bigger and then somebody from that goes down and they live with the Soga clan and they go oh yeah you know I am Buddhist now but my previous beliefs are this and it creates a so mixing pot right this caterpillar is actually a spirit of eternal health 
And it kind of just creates this, like, web of fucking insane ideology, right? Amazing. Now, in a more modern sense, I know that 600 is really fucking hard to relate to. Mind you, anything before, like, 1990 is hard to relate to. Just anything. you're at pressure points, so... 1930, 1940 is the easiest thing for us to relate to. Great reference, yeah. So the island of Melanesia experienced this religion discourse in the 1870s. Uh, Now, traditional Melanesian society standard was if if something's gained, something's given. If something, if it's simply more or less it's an exchanging and redistributing of goods. So really it's the community comes together. Nobody's really got like huge headway over everyone else. It's this perfect little communist A perfect area. society. Yeah. Sounds like a white guy's going <laughs> to fuck that up. Yeah, actually. Oh. <laughs> so they're redistributing everything with within the the island of Tana and Scottish Presbyterians show up. Oh, those bastards. And I mean, these are new. So this is <laughs> this is the South Pacific. So they're darker skinned and they see these fucking white dudes show up. And these are white fucking Presbyterian Scottish so bastards. So they all, you know, red hair maybe. Yeah, just red hair, pale as fuck, popping up. And they're saying, we're setting up plantations. And when you show up to start a plantation, you don't just show up and go, okay, we'll use what's there. You're going to be coming on a ship that has a fucking massive amount of supplies. Oh, yeah. Mind you, this is 1870. These The people living in Tana at this time are still practicing what they called penis wrapping. Which, Hell yeah. Which is basically like... You wrap your dick up in, um, in like grass, right? And then that's your clothing. Like, oh, I've seen that. It, yeah, it drapes down over. You're basically covers wearing your, a your grass nuts. condom. It's it's basically like a loincloth, but it's wrapped around wrapped your around your dick, right? I would make my wrap way big. Oh yeah, mine would just be fluff. Oh, oh yeah, I'm a I'm a grower, not a shower. Okay, everybody, don't worry, you'll never get dick pics from me. <laughs> I don't yeah. have anything to show off. Um, and even if I did, that's my own business. I send them to myself. Yeah, nobody gets yeah. them but me. I, I send them. I mean him. I send them to an account that then sends it to me in five years, so I can see my own growth, <laughs> see how far I've gone. Yeah, but there it, it undergoes a review process in which yeah. I am the sole reviewer. <laughs> he has he has a five year calendar that he he makes sure to send everything back to me. Yeah. I, I write it all down. I have spreadsheets for this. So, uh, these Scottish dudes show up. They're in the fucking industrial age, right? And they're showing up to an island that's like, oh, yeah, we're going to trade this bamboo for this patch of grass. Whatever. So, they show up and, and the Scottish just start saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't the way to live. And they're not immediately turned away because they're seen as these fucking powerful crazy dudes and they're like, the Melanesian people are just 
they're astounded with the wealth that these guys have. Mm-hmm. So they kind of sit off to the side and they watch as these plantations start to pop up as this wealth continues to grow before their eyes. And they're like, what the fuck well, is going meanwhile, on? Meanwhile, they're profiting on their land while they and, don't get any. And on top of that, the these Scottish people are imposing their beliefs of, well, you can't. You can't Bant dance. your cock. You can't dance anymore to to worship our God. That's not how we do things. You don't swear. We don't practice polygamy anymore. <laughs> anymore, keyword there. We don't. <laughs> you don't do penis wrapping. You're gonna wear regular clothes because you're indecent right now. Yeah. Fuck and you. they they disallow them from drinking kava. Which no! was a regular no! fucking thing. This is a nightly God, I wish tradition. I could. Where, tell tell everyone what kava is. It's a bean. No. Okay. It's a bean. My, what, the kava tea. Talk about the kava tea. I don't want to talk about the kava tea. Okay. So, kava tea is basically this, you're such a piece of shit. <laughs> so much for having two fucking people on this episode. So, kava tea is more or less like... I don't want to say like it's not an alcoholic drink. It's like a it's like a drug drink basically. But it's from it's, Piper Methodist. Oh, I, I, I thought you didn't want to fucking talk oh, about sorry, it. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. It comes from Awa. It's a bitter drink. Like coffee. No, no, continue. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. No, I didn't really take notes on it because <laughs> I knew you would get excited about kava. No, kava is just I I want it. It affects your central nervous system. I'm going to google it. So, uh, it's, it's, delicious. it's actually used, as far as I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, they use it a lot for, like, weaning people off of heroin addiction. Nowadays? I think so, from what I remember. I mean, that's usually, like, methadone. Well, yeah, but they don't really have fucking methadone in <laughs> small-ass tribes. I'm talking and about they didn't have it now. back in the 18th. Did they have heroin? Did they have methadone back in the 1870s? Maybe. Um, Maybe. Uh, it's it's a, a ceremonial drink. <laughs> it's, it's like drinking weed. Yeah, yeah. It's a relaxing, stress-reducing drink. And as far as I know, it's not even addictive. It's not this terrible fucking thing for you. But people do die sometimes. Oh. No. That's, well, e- that's even then, different... like, nor- normally they would uh, they would chew it. Yeah. They would, like, chew on it for a while, then spit it out. Mm-hmm. And then generally it was a ritual or a very specific purpose that they would make the tea. That is what I'm thinking of. It is the same one. Yeah. So it's kind of this... It's like a drug drink, right? So oh, yeah. It's, it's The great. Scottish people see it, and they see these people just drink it, and they just start tripping balls. It affects your GABA receptors, and which is super cool. Scottish people go, no. No, 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 that's no. Not what, that's not what Lord Jeebus wants. So they, they go in, and they take away the core ideology of this place. They take away their regular traditions. They take away the way that they fucking dress. And the people in Tana are not happy about it. I and wouldn't be. Similar to Japan, they start to move towards the edges of this island to go, 
to get away from these Presbyterian fucks that are telling them how they're supposed to be living and worshiping. And they go, well, that's not really what I fucking believe in. And it's not banned in the U.S.? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of what another one. What the fuck? I thought it was banned. So I'm thinking of one that is banned. You're thinking of coca leaves. <laughs> no, I'm no. I wish. Yeah, um, but it fucks up your liver. It can fuck up your liver if you do a bunch of it. Just like you know, ibuprofen. <laughs> fuck it. Let's do. Let's fucking we should. Let's. Some I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy some on, on let's eBay. Let's do it. Next show. Let's die. We're doing. We're taking kava. Yeah. <laughs> live. Jesus. Um. So. The people of Tanis start to move to the far edges of their of their island. They're being effectively pushed off by the white man. Surprise, no. surprise. And it wasn't really an option for everybody to just pick up and move. Some people were being forced to work on these plantations. Some people just didn't really have the means to leave because their families were all in this one area. However, in the 1930s, there's kind of this little mystical craziness that happens. And everyone kind of collectively agrees that someone saw a white man by the name of John Froome, right? Mm -hmm. And he appears in all white clothing. And he comes up and he tells the tribes people. He does it away from the, the Scottish Presbyterians. And he takes the tribes people to the side and he says, someday, very soon, these Christians will leave. You'll have your area back. You just have to be patient. But it will happen, I promise you. And you'll you'll get great fortune. You'll find great wealth. And you finally won't have to deal with these Scottish fucks. So, in 1941, this actually comes to fruition. John Froome's prophecy fucking happens. And the Christians left because the Americans pushed their way in and said, we're setting up this area as a fucking base camp for our Pacific push in World War II. Beautiful. So the Scottish people leave and you, you realistically, you could look at it as how the fuck is this saving the Tana people. How the fuck is this helping this island in any way, shape, or I form? I mean, it gets rid of the. It, the it does. It get it gets rid of the Scots. But I'm, I'm assuming they're not building a base directly on the island. They are. They're oh, building. <laughs> they're building their base on Tana, and that's why the Scots had to leave. Is they say this is wartime. You get the fuck out of here. We're building base camp on this island. Are they gonna give them money for it? So, what happens? Is the Americans show up? They say we don't want to pay you. Here's an aircraft carrier. Go have fun. <laughs> All right, God. No, 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 this isn't Afghanistan in the nineties. <laughs> um, so they show up and they push away the Presbyterians, but they're not pushing a religious or ideology agenda. Yeah, they're just the they're... Americans are showing up and they're like, "Hi, we don't want to kill you. We just want to bomb the guys to the north of you guys." Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So instead of enslaving this fucking island, the Americans say, yeah, like if you guys come help us out, if you come work for us, we'll teach you how to make clothes. We'll teach you how to dress wounds in a more modern fashion than you're currently doing. We'll give you some technology. We'll give you 25 cents a day that you can spend in our camp. 
We'll give you chocolate. We'll give you coffee because it's being sent over. We'll show cigarettes. you what the Let's fuck cigarettes are. Let's get you cigarettes addicted are. to cigarettes. Yeah. And so the Tana people overnight are like, oh, my God, John was right. Because the Tana people don't know what the fuck is going on in the world. It's not like they have this newspaper system that's just cranking information out to them. They're kind of unbeknownst to what's happening to the north of them in Japan and over in Germany. So Tana kind of starts to see this as like, oh, my God, this is the prophecy coming to light. Like these these American people are giving us everything that we need. They're almost like gods. But how how are they getting their stuff? And they don't quite understand all the technology. So what they're seeing is they're seeing the radios and they'll see the general go up and say, oh, like we need five more pallets of bandages. And they just appear out of nowhere. Not that they appear, (laughs) but they they look up and they see that that radio is connected to a radio tower that has a little blinking light at the top. And sure enough, three or four days go by and those packages show up. And they're like, okay, are they praying to a god that brings them to it? How is this working? Yeah, they're still trying to frame it within their cultural perspective. And and they're seeing these this this pilot hop into a plane that leaves and two days later he comes back and he has more supplies. He has more food. So in their eyes, they're thinking there's something that they're reaching out to and it has to be John Fruma. Ah, shit. Of course it is. Right? So they start to fully believe that John Froome is basic, or sorry, John Froome is basically this. He's a God. Christ-like figure. Mm -hmm. Like he, he is the God that's providing. All they have to do is figure out what the Americans are doing, how they're doing it. And then they'll finally get their fortune because they're seeing these big fucking tanks get dropped off. They're seeing Jeeps drive across their shores and they're like, oh, my God, what could we do with our tribe if we have these things? They're seeing them build hospitals and shit. They're astounded. So the war comes to an end and the Americans pack up some of their belongings, but not everything. They pack up a bunch of their shit, and they leave the island. And now they, the islanders have a military base. <laughs> yeah, right? Effectively, they have quite a few things that have been left. Now, the Americans get back, and there's a General Sam Patton, I believe. That Sam Patton? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Not, well, I know not, not the, the Patton, Patton we were thinking of, but Sam Patton goes back, and he tells the United States, hey- these people think that we're gods. Oh, and the United States at that time period was like, that's our island now. Let's go fuck them up. No. No? That's what the they United... were doing in South America. So the United so Sam Sam Patton tells the United States, they think that we have this dude, John Froome, who's giving them promise after promise that we're gonna deliver all of these goods to them. And the US is like, okay, well, how many things did we fucking leave there? And he goes, quite a bit. And I mean, it's not like they just packed everything. They left Jeeps. They left fucking tents. There's a ton of shit that they were like, oh, don't need this anymore. Cut the cost. Big deal. 
we'll be able to get home sooner if we don't take like these seven jeeps or whatever yeah we don't need them yeah they're paid for now the u.s goes through all of their records and they go we don't know who the fuck john Froome is and whatever the hell he is so sam you're going back and you're telling them that whoever john Froome is he made empty promises and we are not making those guarantees so sam goes back across pacific to melanesia and he says exactly that hey that ain't us. I don't know who the fuck this guy is in 1930 who told you we were going to come save you guys, but you're staying on this island. We're not taking you. We're not sending you supplies. In fact, you owe us money. No. Oh, and he signals backwards. Ah, oh, I fucking hate you. He signals backwards and bulldozers <laughs> come off of the ship. What a dick move. And they start pushing all of the war supplies into the ocean what a dick i mean this is this is effectively saving this fucking island it's giving these people the hope they need and they just dump all of this into the ocean rendering it all useless these people don't have like diving equipment to pull out a two-ton fucking jeep no So, they leave, and the people of Tana kind of get back together, and they say, okay, it's okay. John Froome, whoever he was with, he knew, he knew the Americans were going to save us from the Scottish Presbyterians. He knew about that. And although they did take this, he did provide. So, John Froome fucking double by his double mercy down. and grace they double down on it praise john from so <laughs> they 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 get together and they say okay how did the americans get all of this this stuff so they start creating bamboo looking radio towers hell yeah They're painting the tips of the bamboo right up at the top so that it looks like the red light. They go into their forest. They cut down all of the trees and create an entire landing strip for planes to land on. Because they're like, that's going to be the easiest way for them to see it for where, like, wherever they come from, probably the heavens. They even recreate a fucking plane a biplane with sticks and leaves dude i oh my God. shit you it not. sounds like a cartoon it does i'm gonna show you the fucking picture of this plane Please it is do. insane and while you're pulling it up do you want kava tea or uh instant kava dehydrated kava juice oh my god yeah they recreate a fucking plane man it's amazing like the satellites and shit like, Holy shit. They go all in on trying to reach out to this god that they think is there that's providing the Americans because that's the only way that they would be able to get these goods. There's no other way to make guns that shoot fucking magical bullets that'll blow up an entire fucking city, right? I mean, so maybe. They make, they make every attempt that they can. Nothing comes back. Ever. No. Yeah, right? Um, so, 
on February 15th, every single year, they celebrate John Froome Day, more or less. I don't know what, what day it is or whatever, but the island has kind of come together and collectively said, hey, look, there's a good chance this Froome stuff is bullshit, but there's also a chance that there's some truth to this. So, on the 15th of February, they dress up in the closest thing that this island can get to military blues. They get um, bamboo sticks that have red on the end so that it looks like the light so that maybe John Froome, the god, will see them from the heavens above and send them what they need. And they march through the town. They fly American fucking flags on February 15th, man. Like... They, so the, the prophet, ah, what is it? Prophet, ah, I fucking lost his name. I think it's Isaiah or something. Um, but the prophet of Tana, he has like a little office, right? He calls it his John Froome office. On the inside, it looks exactly like a World War II war room. Like Amazing. A, a, it's got a round table. And on the table, it's got a bunch of cloth folded up that looks kind of like fucking medical supplies. In the back corner, there's a little red plus for the hospital. There's a crudely drawn American flag. On the table, it's kind of painted so that it looks like the area, like the map of the area. And they are doing their best to get this John Froome to provide by recreating every fucking thing that they can from World War II. And they have been doing this since the 40s, man. And it's gotten so fucking far that in 1999, this guy by the name of Prophet Fred. Well, I don't know his first name, but Prophet Fred. (laughs) Basically, Prophet Fred comes out and he says, look, whatever we're doing isn't working. I think that we're focusing too much on the American side of things. And he says, and we're focusing way too much on what John Froome, on worshiping John John Froome instead of doing what he wants us to do. And what does he know what he wants them to do? Because he said, John Froome has come to me. Now, mind you, God came to me in a forest. A lot of these people believe it. Because they'll get together every single night. All the men in the community go into this little the little private area for men drinking kava every single night. They'll drink kava. They talk about what they see. And if someone starts to have a fucking vision, they're like, oh, my God, he is seeing John Froome. So this guy says, John Froome came to me and told me that this is what we need to do. We're booking it the fuck out of this area. And like half the island goes with him. To where? Uh, to another island that's close by. Like, really close by. So, they go over to this other island. They set up and everything. Two years later, in 2001, Prophet Fred comes over with almost all of his followers. And they're brandishing axes. They're brandishing spears, torches. And they are here to destroy the island of Tana for worshipping John Froome in the incorrect way. We are Jesus. literally in 2001 going through the John Froome Crusades, man. 
This was recent? This is in 2001! I thought this was still in the 30s! No! In 1999, Prophet Fred left. Oh my god. In 2001, he came back, and they seriously injured 25 people. I don't even know how many people were on the fucking island, but it's a substan- 25 is a substantial yeah. amount of injuries. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on over there? So... Prophet Fred does his own thing still. He's really moved away from, like, luckily, nothing's happened in the last 20 fucking years. But he's stepped away. He's doing his own thing worshipping John Frome. The chief of Tana is doing his own thing worshipping John Frome. Now, a few years ago, a guy from the Smithsonian went over there. And this anthropologist visits the area and he sits down with the Tana tribe leader. And he says, why do you keep faith in John Froome? Why do you still believe in him? Now, this chief has been to America. He's gone over to America and he says, yeah, all the people there are so concerned with like how soon death is coming. They're all so straight faced. Nobody's truly happy there, which God, if it isn't fucking yeah, true. Yeah, that's the fucking truth. And the chief says, you Christians have been waiting 2000 years for Jesus to return to earth and you haven't given up hope. And just kind of puts his hands I up. I gave up hope. Oh, yeah. I, totally I was six years up. old. Fuck it. <laughs> but, yeah. So, this whole... So, I guess cargo cults are a regular thing that's happened when more industrialized areas go to these small cults. Or, not cults. They go to these small islands and they show them what they have and it doesn't turn out well. So, to anyone listening that wants to visit the Sentinel Island, leave them the fuck alone. Let those <laughs> people live their lives. Enough. Let them do their thing. Don't spread your stupid, shitty fucking religion over there. Let them do their thing. If they figure it out, they figure it out. If they don't, they don't. It's not your fucking business to cause utter turmoil and potentially just... 70 years of fighting and completely toss this whole fucking island up and change up their ideology. They were probably worshiping something completely different, but now they're obsessed with this idea of John Froome. This random Scottish bitch. Yeah. That they think came to him. Who saw what was happening in Europe and said... Ooh, this is so common. We probably need to leave. In 1961, there was a Pacific island that reached out to America and they said, hey, look, we'll pay you a thousand dollars if you send Lyndon B. Johnson over and he becomes our tribe leader. I'm not even thousand dollars to get rid of that to, asshole to the United States. Yeah, it happened every like all over those areas. Because these people just didn't understand what the fuck was being put in front of them because technology was suddenly so advanced. Yeah, and then they just left, so... And I mean, imagine you're just wrapping your dick up in grass because that's what dad and grandpa have been doing. And the next thing you know, some dude's showing up with bulletproof armor and a fucking helmet that ricochets bullets and And a gun that shoots things that kill stuff and you cannot even... See radios the and bases and huge ships and airplanes. Like it you wouldn't even have any concept of any of them. Astounding. So yeah. So 
how how many of these were there? Would you cargo cults? Yeah. Would you? Estimate? I have no idea. Honestly, is this in the dozen? I would think it's hundreds. Hundreds. Honestly, it, dude, I would the, think the it's amount hundreds. of bases in, on the like, not the Eastern Front. That's not what it's called. In, in the Pacific War or the Pacific area of the war, they were all over the place. Like, mind you, they would island hop often. These, these don't have to be just islands. This could just be an area that's not really even touched. Like. I don't fucking know, but anywhere out there where they don't have the technology, and this isn't just the U.S. that's going in and doing this. The only reason I know of the U.S. side is because I read English. Yeah. Like, if I knew... Wait, you can read? Holy shit. Kind of. Okay. (laughs) Um, You did text-to-speech a lot. Yeah, but, like, the Imperial fucking nations were doing it, too. And so... These small fucking weird little places are just seeing technology they cannot even fathom. I don't even know the scope of how many times this happened during the world wars and beyond, but I guarantee it's hundreds. Well, yeah, just think about, you know, in the Pacific, the way America would advance when they were near islands and things is they would island hop so they'd you know set up on one island take it over and then skip an entire island that's already occupied by japanese forces and just chain that way so i mean there are tons of stories of of um you know tribes like that being put into contact because some japanese people come over Mm -hmm. and then install howitzers and bunkers in the cave systems and then they just leave and then this tribe, Jesus Christ, this tribe. I think your wife just died. I upstairs. think she just fell. She just yeah. collapsed. But yeah, they, they would just leave. And then now you have, you know, potentially miles of underground caves and bunkers with supplies. In and, it. and you're just never... like, where do we, we didn't have bunkers. These were caves yeah. before. And, and they're using. This is where I buried my mother. They're using shovels that they're like, what the fuck? Where the fuck? Well, I use a stick. What how, the fuck? How can you recreate something that's identical to this guy's shovel and identical to that guy's shovel? Yeah, and this this isn't to how say that. How do you handcraft you know, that? Like it's All tribal oh, yeah, you know, no. places are, are like backwards and, you know, reduced technology. But. At the time. At the time. And. You know, they their 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 knowledge went in a different direction. And with how quickly the industrial oh, era yeah. fucking popped in and just took off, like, God, dude, I can't even yeah. fathom. Like, it was the the advanced countries and the countries that didn't have like the most basic technology. The difference between those two is fucking astounding well even the like the large cities in the u.s versus rural towns yeah in the u.s the disparity was crazy for so long like like the fucking like dust bullshit that went on in, yeah in uh nebraska where yeah. they're dying because they're like we can't we don't have any other options and these other then you go to new york are, yeah new york and, and you've got thriving. electricity yeah You've got light bulbs. You've got exactly. cars. In the 1920s, people are dying of starvation in Nebraska because they're like, fuck, fuck, you can't eat corn. What the fuck am I supposed to eat? Yeah. It's, like, it's everything's dying. There's no water. Yeah. It's such a crazy. I've got thing my old Model T, but. Yeah. 
what the fuck do I do? Exactly. Uh, so there's no water was, to cool down the radiator. It was never really anything that like I considered or thought about. And then I found this like little uh, six page excerpt from it's like, as far as I know, it's a book about fucking insects. And this person talks about they start talking about like the main point of the article was analyzing what fucking caterpillar they were worshiping back in in 650 right yeah and they figure out which one it is and they go oh shit this was from china they started a fucking push because of a, a cargo move but cargo cults have been known to exist since the 40s when they started popping up like fucking crazy yeah for and a so while i was 80s, very confused about the connection but yeah. then it was like cargo yeah, it, yeah, that it's, makes sense. It's all just—it's a cult from cargo. Yeah, yeah, it's a cult from fucking exports that they had no idea. I was almost sure you were gonna say exist. that the caterpillar cult was brought back I by some madman. We should do that. Yeah, we should start a cult. You guys want to join a cult? Yeah. Join us on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, follow us on Patreon. Sell us your souls. Become a PP. Uh, a chairperson PP of the PP chairperson. Do it. I dare you. I bet you, <laughs> I won't. Bet you won't. Bet you yeah. won't, pussy. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's really cool. So from the 30s to le- 20 years ago, and even probably, you know, I don't know if they're still going on. Oh, yeah, on. They are, yeah, they're still celebrating John Froome Day. What the fuck? That's so weird. We fucked up a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, the U.S. fucked up a lot of people. Oh, yeah. So yeah, fucking cargo cults, man. That's it's it's funny. not as uh, not as funny as you expected. It's pretty fucked up, to be honest. Really fucked up. But I did not expect it going in that direction. Yeah, dude. And yeah. you know it makes sense because today's Heaven's Gate Day. You texted me about it, and I was like, "That's right." A couple weeks ago, not your last episode, but the episode before that, I was like, "I wonder if there are like any ancient cults." that are just weird as shit and I stumbled on the cargo cult of the caterpillar and was like what the fuck you should look up found, the... found that article and then at the end of the article they talk about John Froome they're like one of the more widely known cargo cults and I was like what so here we are you should look up the peacock cult I'm down pretty I'll sure that's what it's it. called oh, man I love it I, I that's a weird one and th- there are a lot of cults that I mean, frankly, have been blown out of proportion, their impact on the Nazi regime. Mm-hmm. But they there were certainly some groups that existed. Some weird shit. You know the, the American company Bosch? Uh-huh. Yeah, they made a lot of money from uh, from the Third Reich. Jesus, it doesn't surprise but, uh, me. What? You know. Americans cashed in on the Third Reich? Impossible. Actually, that's an episode that I might be doing probably not next week. It's going to be busy the next couple of weeks for me. But... I found the original video that radicalized me to history. Oh, God. And the original video, it was like a three-minute clip on back when Facebook was more innocent. Oh. And it was just like, this is how Switzerland could have ended the war if they just stopped trading with Germany. And this is how Henry Ford made a shitload of money and received all these awards. And it was just like a super quick... Three-minute clip voiceover to, like, war footage. Oh. And I found the full length. It's 40 minutes long. Nice. I didn't even know there was a full length. I've been trying to find this video, 
and you just since found it. I saw it and I just stumbled across it. Tip of my penis on Reddit is a really good place to find videos <laughs> that you're looking for. <laughs> I it's such a generic description, but that's, that's cool, a wonderful though. name. So I I want to do a full length thing on that because that's what that's what got me into history oh, because yeah. I was like, hold on, this can't be real. What? No, America alternate, America would never do that. An alternate universe where Switzerland is slightly less neutral than they wanted to be. Well, no, they, it, it ended with them saying basically behind the vaults, you know, behind the vault doors in Switzerland are still Nazi stamped gold, which means they were they came from the concentration camps. Goddamn. And that line just like blew my mind so much that I started reading and looking into this stuff. It's crazy. And that just started everything that history is not what we're taught. No, not There's at all. so much more that goes into it, not just because it's complex, but because it's being actively hidden by the victors. Like, they always said history is written by the victors, and that's true, but now we have the internet. And now, yeah. in real time, we get to see both sides can, of it. You can discover what you never would have thought possible. Like, when you think about the Pacific... In World War Two, you think about the atom bomb. You think about um, the Battle of Peleliu. Like, you don't think about the impact of an island that saw technology they couldn't fathom. Yeah, you don't. You, you don't think about that. You never process what the fuck goes through somebody's brain when they see a, a gun for the first time, and they don't understand how that shit is even possible. And it's crazy how much one obviously world war ii is huge but one little moment in history can just cause so many fucking ripple effects and yeah, so many like, weird things and i feel like that's one of the things that i've really kind of started to love because of doing this podcast is finding the weird little shit that just is like oh also it was actually connected to this and you're like what the fuck and it it blows your fucking mind yeah it's really fascinating and i i recommend anybody to fucking just if you're thinking about something or wondering about it just look it up yeah go to wikipedia and then click on a link within the article just go for to it to get a better like because a lot of times you'll go to wikipedia i love reading wikipedia because it, you know it's pretty good yeah. a good site they tell you when the source isn't cited um, or if it's a shady source, they tell you about that. So you can kind of vet it a little bit better. But, it's way more vetted than it used to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, Wikipedia it's is a much surprisingly more better source material than a lot of fucking places now. Yeah. So, like, reading one page about one event in Wikipedia, it'll work. It'll scratch the itch. But when you really want to go deep in it is you got to click on all the links of all the names and figure out why they were there. Like, what was going through their mind in that event. It's cool shit. And what world events led to this. And it creates this, like, just... Just really cool story. encompassing yeah, story of, well, Adolf Hitler liked to be pissed on by his niece. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Allegedly. I can heard it here. All right, you got the patrons? Oh, yeah, we should probably... No worries. It, it's a cool discussion episode. All right, I, Honestly, I just I just chugged the beer. There's so little that I even fucking looked at my notes on this one. Yeah, it's because you just read, just it. read it. Fucking hyped, through. yeah. Hell yeah! So, <clears throat> of course, patreoncom forward slash points of pressure. Pretty sure that's it. Yeah, it is. That's good. I ask that every time because yep. I'm not sure, but that's nah, all good. 
chairperson of the PP, thank you so much, Mini D Donnell. Uh, it was fun playing Pico Park with you. Yes. Got to do that again sometime soon. I'm, I'm convincing him to play Overwatch with us. Hell yeah. Um, Abby, AJ's Third Nut, Lindo, D's Nuts, Nordic Thunder, Toddle Waddle, Dark Runner, Haley, and Casey McFacey. Thank you guys so much. You let us, you know, keep putting out this show. Yeah. If you want to support us and you have extra money that you would just want to throw away, go check us out. Yeah. Join on. Just you know, it's, bucks it's a like month. four bucks. Like, it's not much. You know, only if you have it to spare. Otherwise, if you don't want to spend your money on us, which is totally fine, just tell a friend. Tell somebody or about us. if you wouldn't like to spend money on us, <laughs> or tell your sign friends. up for the giveaway that expires April 1st. Find it in the bio and find it find it in the show notes as well. Yeah, that too. And also reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter for show ideas or fucking recommendations for music, books, movies, if you TV talk. shows. If you need somebody to chat with, by all means, reach out to us. I know that we're not very active on there. We'll we do there. okay. We'll get there eventually. But uh, okay. yeah, always feel free to reach out to us. Let us let us know what's going on in your lives and uh, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points O Pressure. We'll catch you guys next Monday.